Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Republican-dominated states attempting to rewrite federal law or Supreme Court verdicts for the basic right of every American to vote must suffer twice as much as they try to make the rest of the country suffer. If you're not evolving into an anti-racist educator, you're making yourself obsolete. So if you're being resistant, I understand that. But you're going to have to eventually come to the light. And so as we fire the teachers who sexually abuse our children, we will be firing the, the teachers who do racist things to our children and traumatize them. Daddy teaches you you can be anything in this world that you want to be, right? Don't daddy teach you that? Yeah, and it doesn't matter if, if you're black or white or any color. doesn't matter if you're black, white, brown, yellow. yellow. This, is how, this is how children think right here. Critical race theory wants to end that. Not with my children. It's not going to happen. My baby's going to know that no matter what she wants to be in life, all she has to do is work hard, and she can become that. Here we go. Where is that guy? (laughs) That kid. Have you seen this video? No. This girl, she's like four or whatever. She is so, so, uh, dang. Precocious? Yes. That's precisely right, Alice. <laughs> Precocious. Today is one of the well, those days where I don't have the words, unfortunately. Good. Well, I'll bring words. Thank you very much. Well, yes, this this is just a uh, a father and daughter on TikTok who are just saying logical things, and it's really great to hear, and it's positive, and it's nice, and it's not idiotic. We're gonna play Keith Olbermann here in a second. Obviously, he's a moron. Mm-hmm. He doesn't matter. I mean, he's just a a, a, a man shuffling around, you know, uh, while orderlies are looking for him in the hallways at this point. But this Catherine Watkins, who the, the other voice you heard is a school teacher, a humanities school, school teacher in the universe who's actually a harmful bigot. And we'll pay her too. But I want to start with this uh, father and daughter. I couldn't even find who they are. But, um, but this little TikTok is... I didn't know you could use TikTok for good. I didn't know. I thought you had to be a self-centered jerk, psycho to use TikTok, but apparently not. This father and daughter are on TikTok, and I thoroughly endorse them. Daddy teaches you you can be anything in this world that you want to be, right? Don't daddy teach you that? Yeah, and it doesn't matter if, if you're black or white or any color. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, brown, yellow. Yellow. Right, black, and and how we treat people is based on who yeah. they are and not and what color nice. they are. And if they're nice and smart, <laughs> see, this is how this is how children think right here. Critical race theory wants to end that. Not with my children. It's not gonna happen. My baby's gonna know that no matter what she wants to be in life, all she has to do is work hard, and she can become that. Work hard, even though you don't know anyone, you can make friends. <laughs> yeah, you can make friends No matter what color they are So we need to stop CRT Period, point blank Children do not see skin color, man 
They love everybody. If they're good people, they love them. We pray for people that are hurt. So a child who believes because she is told by her parents that she can do anything becomes an adult who believes she can do anything and becomes a person who can do anything. Right. That is the general principle that uh, this guy goes by and I go by as well. And I think that's absolutely true. It's great to see. I love that those two. I wish they were our neighbors. <sighs> but I think they live somewhere else. But uh, it, it's great, you know, because the the psychos in the progressive critical race theory psychos, psychos are a minority, as it stands right now. Right. But they are very adept at Twitter and the uh, media centers of the world, which are run by progressives, prop them up and put them in the spotlight. So it seems like it's wall-to-wall psychos. It's not. Right. They're, they are contained. There are way more normal people. The problem is just that the um, critical race theory people are loud and they accuse anyone who says anything that slightly cuts against their narrative of being a bigot and a racist and... Jim Crow and everything else. So everybody's afraid to say anything. So they assume nobody else thinks the whole thing is crazy, too. Right. It's absolutely an emperor's new clothes thing. Mm -hmm. Like the same stuff with the boys and girls sports stuff. Like Ron DeSantis signed a bill to prevent trans girls from being in girls sports. Uh, You know, it's an emperor's new clothes thing where the majority of normal people know that this makes sense. This is just a common sense measure that we should do to make con- girls' sports continue to be a viable prospect. But, you know, the loudest voices are screaming bigotry and saying anybody who speaks up about it is a terrible, horrific person who's akin to Hitler. And then, you know, then everybody's afraid to say anything. And it makes it seem like those people are the only ones out there. But they're not. They're really, really not. Right. It's one reason why, like, I think it's important that we do this podcast not to like toot our own horn but i mean like even if we never make money from it or anything else i think it's just important to be a voice saying normal stuff sometimes like to have one person there saying normal things right i think that we've gotten that in some of the great emails etc right it's just people checking in saying okay i don't feel alone and that's great too because when you do that for us we know we're not alone right (laughs) just uh doing this uh the podcast but I, com- I completely agree with you. And the idea, if you have a good, solid, vetted, uh, thoughtful idea, mm-hmm. then you proudly debate it. And you are for- forward-facing and are happy to flesh it out with, with somebody who has a differing idea. If you have an idea that you know is untenable and is insane, that's when you threaten the other person when they well, even right. think about it. Have you ever seen people debate like theology online? Like, I mean, I'm Orthodox, so I follow lots of Orthodox Christians, but there's also like tons of internet atheists and internet Catholics and all these people. I've never seen anyone more excited to debate people about their ideas. They all the time, they're like, debate me about this. They're hosting podcast debates and YouTube debates with each other all the time over their views because they have confidence in their views and they want to talk about them to other people. You never see internet Christians or internet atheists demanding that Twitter delete the viewpoint of the other person. They're excited right. to talk about it. They want to debate it. They want to shoot it down and they they want to be in an argument about it. You don't see that with the critical race theory stuff. No. With them, it's report, 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 report. Tell Twitter to shut these people down and stop saying things I don't want to hear. Tell them to stop using the wrong pronouns. Tell them to stop saying that the 1619 Project is debunked junk history. Tell them to stop saying it. That's racist. That's bad. That's evil. Tell them to start stop saying it. Oftentimes, tell them to stop say, saying it by screaming at them mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in, a, in rolling it into a meltdown, a tantrum meltdown in which you declare that that person is hurting you, right. is attempting to kill you. Ben Shapiro giving a speech literally kills me. Right. That's that's where they are. I mean, that's and you don't see that from people who are just passionate about their ideas and confident in them. You just don't. No, no, but because and you're absolutely right because they know that they're 
they're not happy or comfortable living within the institutions, operating within the institutions as they are right now. They don't know why necessarily, but they want these institutions. Um, they want to disassemble these institutions mm -hmm. and tear them down um, in some some measure to try to try to flatten the playing field from the top down in whatever it is, or it's an exercise in, in insanity. Um, and they can't tell you why, so they just have to scream. And that's it. And too bad if you want to. And that's why I think that more and more you find Bill Maher sounding like a hero. Right. Because his time, progressive liberalism, the, 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 the day of the healthy debate on politically incorrect or real time with Bill Maher, et cetera, um, it, it's passed him by now. And right. he's alone. And now he's morally, more closely, he's more uh, closely um, relates to his political opponents of 20 years ago. Right. I have more conservatives send me Bill Maher monologues. Mm -hmm. Like, did you see this? This is right on. Then I see liberals doing that. <laughs> Oh, totally. They never send me Bill Maher monologues anymore. They used to love him. No, because, I mean, here's a guy who fundamentally is a stand-up comedian. Right. And he still hangs out with those those circles of people still hang out. And those people have watched this the center of gravity change drastically. Right. And, you know, comedians, especially comedians, I haven't seen anybody like under 30 as a comedian in quite a while, I don't think. Mm-hmm. When they screw with each other, it's no holds barred. They are a room full of guys shooting the breeze together is a vicious and hurtful place to be. You know, they love it, but their but their craft demands that they you know, they shoot to kill when they're using their humor. Right. You know? And I think that a lot of stand up comedians now came up in an era where you know, doing like <clears throat> open mic nights and stuff people are mean and there's no like there's no a for effort when you're a comedian and you go out there like people Absolutely. either laugh or they don't and it's kind of like a vicious brutal world a little bit absolutely absolutely and so you know it, it, especially places like boston and philly and new york where the worst mm -hmm. fans are and the you know the drunken audiences sometimes you can take bleep from somebody even though you're doing a good job, as far as you know, I talked. I've asked a bunch of comedians about that. If, if ever they, they, they think that their, that their stuff is still good, even though nobody's laughing, could it be that the whole room doesn't get it, or could it be that the energy from one drunken table is throwing off everybody else's judgment, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and uh, and generally the consensus was that the that drunk a holes are a, are a uh, difference maker a factor, yeah, but. They stand by generally that if they find some, if something clicks with them as funny, then they think the material is fine and they've just got to maybe work through it. That's not what we're talking about today, really, isn't it? <laughs> so here is uh, Keith Olbermann. And this is from a, just, you know, it, normal. Somebody Olbermann. who could use a little bit more of a sense of humor, I think. I, you know what, Alice, at this point, I think that maybe he's in on the joke. He knows that this person, this character, <laughs> is something that, that people find interesting. The problem for him is, once again, his time has passed him by because because he's no longer one of the more radicals. He's now a a uh, a far right, a left progressive, but who still believes in gravity and logic and sea level. He's still somebody who. Plus, he's an old white man, which does him no favors in the current environment. Right. So here he is on the roof of some building in front of Central Park. Um, and he is not pleased with the GI GOP's move to uh, to uh, establish Jim Eagle laws across the country. Daily, the Republicans undermine democracy and prepare their cult members for violence and fascism. <laughs> Thus, we who believe in... Man, right out of the gate, he gets like seven <laughs> big, big money buzzwords. Let's see, cults, violence, fascism... <laughs> representative government in this country must recognize and use the weapons we have to defend this country and that must include defense at the state and private level literally under the cloak of overnight darkness the state of texas passed legislation that outlaws the teaching of the history of racism in this country and the teaching is it literally under the cloak of overnight darkness 
Well, <laughs> it happened at night, but people passed up. I at would night. say that um, calling nighttime a cloak mm-hmm. of darkness is literally a metaphor of current events. Nothing more controversial than the 13th Amendment to ban slavery. Nothing more recent than the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Yeah, they repealed repealed the banning of slavery. Texas is also going to close polling locations in Democratic districts and restrict abortions to the time before most women even know they are pregnant. The solution to the issue of the Ku Klux Klan textbooks is surprisingly simple. Colleges and universities should not recognize high school diplomas from Texas, not from Texas public schools, not from Texas private schools. You want to go to college somewhere else? You'll need two years in a junior college in a real state or something to like To wash the Texas off of you <laughs> before you try to go to a college. I like the I like Oberman's uh, you know, punitive uh, measures here. We won't let you go to our college. Colleges. A GED. That legislation would be erased from the books within months if that happened. This is the attitude those of us who want democracy and not dictatorship must take. Republican-dominated states attempting to rewrite federal law or Supreme Court verdicts or the basic right of every American to vote must suffer twice as much as they try to make the rest of the country suffer. The Republicans are lost. They are committed to Trumpism. They are committed to refusing all election outcomes they do not like. They are committed to violence. Faced with Other than the committed to Trumpism part, this <laughs> applies to Democrats, absolutely. Committed to violence. Committed to, uh, you know... Not accepting election right. results. Uh... With the existential issue that the demographics of the nation will make them into a permanent minority. They are willing to sacrifice everything, including you and me and this nation's future, to retain their power. It is like invasion of the body snatchers. They are gone. Stop trying to negotiate with them. The Republicans' naked attempt to overthrow the government last January was just... I understand what he's saying, but they're not gone in Texas. They are there in the cloak <laughs> of night, uh, you know, turning, bringing slavery back in. These are bullies, and bullies stop only when they are hurt more than they can hurt. And the anti-democracy party must be hurt so badly that it can never recover. Oberman out. There you go. Behind it just makes me want to be in New York City, though. God, New York City is so fantastic. I mean, isn't this sort of, like, quote-unquote, dangerous rhetoric? Like, if he's Uh, saying Republicans are literally violent and trying to bring back slavery and... Yes. um, Body snatchers. They're gone. And that we have to respond with greater force than they're capable of? Uh, yes. They're pro- I mean, they're- doesn't that like encourage violence yeah, towards course. people that vote for Trump? It's Keith Olbermann. Of course it does. Yeah, he's absolutely. <laughs> it seems irresponsible. The bill, if signed say. into law by Republican Governor mm-hmm. Greg Abbott, would ban drive-through voting and 24-hour voting. These are all um, these are all extraordinary COVID measures. And nowhere was it suddenly the COVID measures have to be codified forever. No, nope, yeah. we have well, to. Massachusetts is doing that. The blue states are going to do that. We'll yeah. see how it goes. But, uh, you know, I, I don't see any particular reason why we have to keep the COVID measures as law forever and ever. It's sort of. Uh, it's I horse mean, bleep. There was and, an extraordinary time to make get everybody the ability to vote. When right. We got- and plenty of countries, you know, don't have vote by mail and these other measures because they're, it's very difficult to to track who's voting and who's not. I mean, right, we, and that's what Texas would do: require voters to request absentee ballots instead of allowing election officials oh, to send no. applications to all voters. I mean, Trump votes in Florida, dude. Yeah, they're also upset because they reduced, you know, the evidence requirements to preponderance of evidence to right. prove that voter fraud occurred, which is a standard that exists in plenty of states already. This is not. Once again, this is nothing is in this law that isn't in laws in other states already and is totally fine. There's no like big it doesn't make it illegal for black people to vote. It doesn't do anything crazy. Like it's just the insane rhetoric around this stuff like that they're bringing back slavery. They've gotten rid of the 13th Amendment. Mm-hmm. Slavery is back in Texas. Like what on what 
planet is it okay for them to do this stuff and then turn around and say that Fox News lies to people? I mean, like, <laughs> they're just, they're out of their minds. And I don't know what we do in a country where there are people, and you say you think he's in on the joke, but, like, fine, maybe he is. But people watch this and believe him. I don't know how, I mean, not as many people watch him probably as used to, but, like... This is dangerous. Stuff. Of course he is, like, but he's a moron, Alice. Nobody cares about him. He doesn't. The, the The youngs don't know who he is, and the olds who uh, like him are uh, impotent to do anything. Well, yeah, but I mean, I think that it is kind of important. He's, I mean, like, he, I don't think he's Alice. I don't think he's Trump got a years. job. He's an a hole. With he Twitter. doesn't have a job anymore. He's I don't not think on so. Anything? Okay, well that's good. But I mean, like, I see these resistance people that like spent the entire Trump presidency thinking that like Mueller and the Southern District of New York were going to like arrest Trump any minute. And, like, could happen. Still, there. I, yeah, I mean, some of this stuff could still happen. But I just like these people and like the RussiaGate stuff. These people are operating in fantasy land, and I think that like. Any encouragement for this is just, like, it's not healthy. And I don't encourage, like, Michael Flynn and Sidney Powell being at events and saying that, like, Trump's going to be reinstalled in August either. Like, Well, he is. I don't think that this, I don't think that this kind of unrealistic way of viewing the world helps anyone. Can you imagine that gathering they had down there with Flynn and Sidney Powell? Well, supposedly, according to Maggie Haberman's reporting, and I know you live mm-hmm. off of that, uh, supposedly Trump's been saying it himself. Yeah, well, it. I'm sure he surrounds himself with people who tell him what he wants to hear. Like that he can I also believe that he believes this. he won. Legislation I mean, I in think, Texas would curtail yeah. the use of drop boxes and set up early and set er, early voting hours from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. It would also prohibit the use of temporary structures as voting facilities and would bolster access for poll observers. It imposes new penalties for poll workers who violate rules in a way that is deemed to interfere with the voting process. Biden called it un-American. Oh wow, that is great. So I have no, I have no problem with. I hear conservatives as well say this is an attempt. It's it's an attempt to make sure that um, that the turnout is diminished uh, a little bit. And I don't know that it is. I, I don't. I just don't see that it is. I. I I, I don't. don't I don't understand. Is, what know. is wrong with voter security? Is that not a good thing? It seems to me that's a good thing. Democrats, since Republicans are always trying to steal elections, Democrats should love voter security. You would think so. You would think that having, um, you know, ballots tied to particular people is uh, would be, you know, helpful that you can see if people voted or not and everything. One thing that um. I talked about in a soon-to-be-released episode of um, my podcast, which will be coming out next week, is um, one thing that we talked about, about voter security with some... um, with some election law experts that I brought on is, you know, some places actually have where you can see, like, you can look up your neighbor and see if they voted, requested a ballot, sent it back, where it is in the process, if they early voted, if they didn't. It's like radical transparency. And I think that that's a positive thing that, like, people have a way to access the data so that there's clarity about the election so that you don't have stuff like 2020 happening where people have doubts about the election, you know, where you can see how many ballots were cast, how many people voted for X, how many people voted for Y, you know, whether or not people voted. I mean, that information is public anyway, whether or not somebody voted. You can go to your local register of voters and pull it all up, but it should all be online. It should all be easily accessible. People should all be able to see how many people have voted and everything else. There are not these fears that, you know, a bunch of ballots got sent to an apartment building to people who no longer exist and, you know, got all sent back and filled in and we don't know who filled them out, you know? And, And I think that that's, that that's, like worth thinking about that it's not just about the voter fraud per se because some people obviously don't think the voter fraud happened or is a real risk which i think they're delusional but that's fine so even if you don't think that wouldn't it be helpful to have clarity for everybody so that the people that think voter fraud exists so that you can show them the data that shows that you can prove there was no voter fraud you know <laughs> like wouldn't it be nice if you could say like look these are the exact people that voted you can look them all up you can see that they voted you can ask them if it's true that they voted and then you can 
then you can verify the results of the election truly, you know, independently. You don't have to be reliant on, you know, state officials doing the right thing. I think I think that, you know, transparency here would be good. And I, I would like to see more states moving in that direction. In this constant narrative that black and brown voters uh, can't, can't have get trouble IDs. getting IDs, can't get to the polls, can't do this. It is... It should be freaking uh, insulting. The uh, the other part portion is a lot of people don't know how to register. Not everybody in the community, in the Hispanic and the African-American community, particularly in uh, uh, rural areas that are distant and or inner city districts, know how to use, know how to get online to determine how to get in line for that COVID vaccination at the at the Walgreens or at at, at the particular store. <laughs> yeah, it can't just be that people of color uh, have reasons not to trust the government telling them to get the vaccine and are a little more cautious and want to wait. It can't just be that they have agency and have made a different decision than we think that they should make. You know, that's not possible. Right. It's yeah. the same thing with like charter schools or whatever. You know, it, families of minorities often want more charter schools than liberals want to let them have. And it's a great point, and, Alice. You know, the liberals are always like they don't understand. Yeah, no, they, they understand. Being, they're yeah. being taken advantage of by these for-profit schools. They don't know. They don't know. We can't. Mm-mm. We can't let that. It can't just be that they've made a decision that you don't like. It can't just right. be that they've decided they don't want to take the vaccine right now. It can't just be that they've decided that, you know, that they want to send their kids to a charter school because they've done the research and that's what's best for them. That yes. No, that's an impossibility. It has to be that they're just dumb or taken advantage of and you know better because you're very smart. Right. It can't just be that they're noticing as well that the admission rates for these uh, special high schools in New York City are plummeting because due to the great job that the public schools that you want to force these kids into mm-hmm. are uh, are doing every year, just underserving these kids and making it making sure that they're on this uh, this uh, c- conveyor belt to uh, a life of uh, unnecessary struggle and oftentimes, unfortunately, mediocrity. Because you know. The life of Julia life where government, knowing better, knowing you better than you know you, decides you know that it will bring you up, raise you, cultivate you, and send you into the uh, workforce uh, is no good. And people know this. And certainly, man, you, you all you have to do is look at the marriage rates in the black community you know, 50 years ago compared to now. And can look at the programs the government specifically did to destroy the black family. Oh, yeah. Impose- Minority communities in the United States have more reason to distrust the government than almost anybody else. They're absolutely justified in all their suspicions around the government and its... So your volume just dropped right there. I'm talking in the same spot that I was talking. I know, but I wonder if something's happening there. So... I don't oh, no, now it, I'm loud. Yeah. Well. So what is going on there? I don't know. Maybe might be it's something at the end of maybe it's something there, that yeah. It seems like it's in, I don't know. Yeah, very interesting. Okay, well uh, anyway, um technical issues with my volume notwithstanding. Um Can we go to my new girlfriend, Alice? Or do you want to do something first? No, you we can go to whatever you're playing now. What do you mean? Forget it. No, you can do your own thing. Go ahead. You can go now. Well, no. I mean, we were getting questions on it, so I thought maybe I should finally cover the Dalton story, which, um, because I we brought it up twice and then not gotten to it. But um, it does tie into the schools and the failures of schools. Perfect, and- because what I'm going to say afterwards with my girlfriend also has to do with education. So that's the theme of today's show, Alice. Education. So uh, we talked previously about uh, Justine Angfonte, is that her name? Mm-hmm. Um, and her uh, sex education programs. Uh, she also, she doesn't just do um, porn literacy classes for high schoolers at, at fancy high schools, but she also does um, 
programs for younger children, including a program for first graders at the Dalton School in New York, um, which costs $55,000 a year to send your kindergartner to Dalton, which seems like a really reasonable amount of money to <laughs> spend on kindergarten, but okay. Um, so anyway, so she had her porn literacy class at uh, the high school, but it at Dalton, she got in trouble with parents because um, she taught the kindergartners about masturbation and how normal and wonderful it is with a little video about um, human anatomy. Yes, I saw children. the video, and you wanted me to get this audio, and I yeah, got it. And I, and Tom you know, doesn't feel comfortable playing too, the audio on the show. It's, it's too. It's a pedophilic. Too, it's too. Yeah, it's, it's disturbing, and I yeah. think that this urge to teach kids about masturbation and it's it you know talking about like how touching myself feels good or whatever it's uh extremely weird content to uh expose kindergartners to yes yes absolutely and uh, so alice can i ask you a question mm-hmm. what do you think the reason for it is what is the reason behind this and in some of the i can't say what it is what they said essentially it's kids Using child voices using porn language, um, it's just about pleasuring themselves. Essentially, it, it's it's in, incredibly it's obscene that that somebody should be freaking arrested. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think they should. I think that this is. A, I mean, if you or I showed that to a kid, we would rightfully be investigated yes, by yes. the FBI. <laughs> like, that's yes. just the reality. Um, I think that the liberal sex positive argument for it would be that like we, you know, our society like shames young people for like experiencing pleasure when we touch ourselves. And so like Mm -hmm. we need to like get off the shame and teach kids that it's like a normal, healthy part of human anatomy and it's nothing to be ashamed of so that we don't like bring them up feeling like shame and alone because like they have a dream when they're a teenager or something like I don't know. You know, that's what I I would imagine the argument would be. Yeah, I still think it's screwed up and disturbing and you don't need to teach a kindergartner about it. I just I, I don't think so i also am am not pro that but like anyway but i i just so the parents were disturbed the parents complained the school is pushing back and saying it's normal and fine she also taught them about gender assigned at birth gender identity and gender expression um so you know it's all good fifty five thousand dollars later your kid is has now been exposed and also i think it's worth noting that if you look, I mean, I don't know if you ever finished your um, like required education to be a kid's sports oh, coach. no. But like I had to do it because I'm I help with Cub Scouts. I'm a den leader at Cub Scouts. So I had to do like the training on, you know, safety and sexual predators around kids and whatever. And like that's an actual technique that predators use when grooming kids is talking to them about their bodies and how it's normal and healthy and I trust you and you're mature. You can understand Mm -hmm. this information. So I'll give you the straight story. No reason to feel ashamed. That's just our society. man. Like this is what predators tell kids when they're grooming them and showing them like pornography and teaching them that it's fine and okay. That's an actual thing that they do in order to desensitize kids to this. And like, I mean, if you can't tell the difference between the pedophile grooming children and the uh, sex education offered by your $55,000 prep school, mm-hmm. then I think it's time to remove your child and your money from that institution. Uh, I also think that, that, that the intentions are more sinister. I think, one, I think that these groups, this woman... I think they want to intrude on the communication line between kids and parents. They want to, if not nullify, then diminish the influence of parents. Mm-hmm. You can do teach a kid how to mow the lawn. We'll do the really sensitive, intriguing stuff for the child. Okay. Also, mm-hmm. uh, 
purpose of why predators do that right. too, by the way, is like your parents are so stodgy. I'm the cool one. Exactly. Hey, have a beer. I'm not old enough to drink. Hey, <laughs> you know what? You won't tell, I won't tell. And yeah. I also think that there's I also think that there's a joy that certain people and it's this weird carnal giddiness that people get. The people same people who assign books on on sex, etc., to tweens uh, uh, you know, they get about they want us. It's a voyeuristic, perverted thing. They want to see. They want to watch the child seeing it. It's like a, it's something. It's. I'm sorry. It's just absolutely perverted. It's in it. I don't trust any of those people. I think they're monsters. The people who are pushing this stuff on. And you have people in it. You know, when when they're having the show, have have um, ha, when they had in our town a couple of years ago making the 13-year-olds read these. So dad uh, was an incest mean dad uh, book as required reading. You know, I I complained on the Facebook page and they said, well, they have to, the kids have to learn this stuff somewhere. Who better, what's more safer environment than the schools? What? (laughs) It's the worst possible environment. So what is it? To what extent, what is the end point to what they need to learn somewhere? They have to learn to, to uh, you know, to make a living on the street somewhere, you know. They have to learn they, about they, heroin somewhere. They have to learn how to attain a uh, good and productive sugar daddy somewhere. It's like, what, what are you, perv? Aren't you, didn't you get into education? Why do you want to be, you know, amongst the intimate waveforms of my child's mind, swimming there and basking in the heat of a of a newbie, just learning new things and going into new territories and his or her little mind? I want to be there with him. Okay, fine, MJ. You want to take the kid on up in the hot air balloon with the mm-hmm. giggles, the chimp, or whatever. <sighs> whatever, pervert. Okay, so here's my teacher. Can I show you my... Okay. My, this is my one, Alice. Okay. This is... This is Catherine, Catherine Watkins. She is a woke middle school teacher in Oregon. And she was on a Zoom equity conference call with the other teachers, and she made a bold, bold statement slash demand slash admonishment to the other teachers. Maddie's teacher at Cedar Park Middle School, and my pronouns are she, her, we, and us. I would be so the F off that call at that moment. They'd be like, uh, <laughs> she, wait. her, we, and us. They'd be like, wait, so square, do we have square, to call her square we? Square C13 just disappeared. Does anybody know who that was, by the way? Can you imagine? So what do you? Does okay. she also tell us which tribal lands she's occupying illegally? Can you can you imagine what kind of like entreaty that is? To okay, first let me start by saying all of these this heavy messaging about me, how incredibly understanding, open minded, good noble I am, and rather interesting by the way because of how I identify myself. In my gender, which is different than my sex. One is on a spectrum. One is... I am utterly interesting. There's so much about me that's interesting. Who the hell would do... Who would... Who would intro themselves like that? Unless you were trying to lay down suppressing fire so that everybody knows to shut the hell up because you're about to be freaking lectured. Humanities teacher at Cedar Park Middle School and my pronouns are she, her, we, and us. I'm going to say... Do you get four now? I thought you just got two. Uh, I sometimes people do three, like he, him, his. But but we what? and us are are you know first person pronouns. So, so I when don't would I be us? That. <laughs> I'm not sure why we and us are in there. I don't get it. But I'm I'm he and his and him and him. But how can I be us? <laughs> I don't know. I have to. Uh, maybe you're us if I'm referring to you and me, but like, wouldn't you be anyway? I don't. <sighs> Something that's not nice and not sweet. Okay, but hold it's... on. I want to. I'm gonna do, let her say this uninterrupted. Okay. Okay. Maddie's teacher at Cedar Park Middle School, and my pronouns are she, her, we, and us. I'm gonna say something that's not nice and not sweet, but it's true. If you're not evolving into an anti-racist educator. You're making yourself obsolete in this field of profession. Um, our district is only getting browner and browner with our children. By the way, what's terrible about this, and I am interrupting, is that 
the heads and some of the other things. You go, mm-hmm, yep. Yep. Make a good um, point. Just the fact that she said in this field of our profession is already, we're not dealing with the brain trust here. No. And so the district's getting browner and browner. And so it's, you know, obviously you can't change your melanin. All right. But so you'll never achieve your goodness, really, because you'll always be white. Mm hmm. But the very least you can do, you're always going to be wretched and guilty, just yeah, based on was, your skin color, totally. I was thinking about this today because I was thinking, like, so this is a sidetrack a tiny bit, so sorry for interrupting. But I was, you know, Piers Morgan got in trouble for criticizing Naomi Osaka. We talked mm-hmm. about this yesterday. And um, he tweeted a picture of himself with Serena Williams to show that he's not racist. So all these people were like, you can't prove that you're not racist just because you have a black friend. So they did that. And I was like thinking, you know, because then they're like, well, in fact, that actually proves you're racist because you're tokenizing and blah, blah, blah. And like, there's so many things you can do to prove that you're a racist, but there's no way to prove. There's no way to prove that you're not racist because you're white. So you're automatically right. Ra- There's no yes. way to not be racist. It's just yeah. So you right. yeah you can't change your melanin. So you're just always racist. Good luck. So to you. even if you're friends with a black person, someone's been hurt in yeah, that transaction. You tokenized. Right. So there you go. You can change your mind so that you can actually function in a, a district that is full of BIPOC children. So if you're being resistant, I understand that. But you're going to have to eventually come to the light because if you're going to keep with those old views of um, colonialism, um, it's going to lead to being fired because you're going to be doing damage to our children, um, trauma. And so as we fire the teachers who sexually abuse our children, we will be firing the the teachers who do racist things to our children and traumatize them. And while our district might not be completely on there, um, OEA is working on it, all right? NEA is working on it. And so it's just a matter of time. So it's like you either evolve or dissolve. So there you go. We're dissolving you. Just like the pedophiles. (laughs) Just like the pedophiles. If you're not anti-racist, you're damaging kids because that means you're racist. It's not good enough to be not just not racist anymore. You have to now be anti-racist. In other words, buy into every bit of this psychotic... If you don't tell the white children that they're evil at least 10 times a day in your classroom, you're actively killing brown BIPOC children. Exactly. So, there and, you go. Right. And you're and you're also a pedophile, which is a terrible thing. Uh, now, also, <laughs> go make the kids read this book about five-year-olds masturbating. <laughs> Very normal. Uh, every day that goes by, I'm more happy our kids aren't in public school anymore. No. All right, Alice, we got a problem here, my friend. What's the problem? You know that I, today I was uh, at the gym crushing abs, right? You were crushing abs, yes. Um, One-fifth of U.S. beef capacity wiped out by JBS cyber attack. Indeed. So this is the, what was, something was attacked last week, too. There's been one of there these. There was an about, Irish hospital. Right. There's been one of these just about every week. A cyber attack on JBS SA, the largest meat producer globally, forced the shutdown of some of the world's largest slaughterhouses, and there are signs that closures are spreading. JBS's five biggest beef plants uh, in the U.S., which altogether handle 22,500 cattle a day, halted processing following a weekend attack on the Brazilian company's computer networks, according to JBS posts on Facebook. Those outages wiped out nearly a fifth of America's production. Slaughter operations across Australia were also down, according to a trade group, and one of mm-hmm. Canada's largest beef, beef plants was idled. It's unclear how many plants, exactly how many plants globally have been affected by the ransomware attack as Sao Paulo-based JBS has yet to release those details. The prospect of more extensive shutdowns worldwide is already upending agricultural markets and raising concerns about food security as hackers increasingly target crit- critical infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Livestock futures slumped while yeah, yeah, pork prices rose. Ooh, big pork did this. Well, and I have already noticed just yesterday that beef prices are through the roof already. This is yeah. before that because of the supply chain stuff and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, now this is this ain't good. This is the most recent one. Uh, 
The impact on, on meat prices at the grocery store may not be immediately apparent. Retailers don't always like hiking prices on consumers and may try to resist. How long it goes on will impact what level consumers start to see something at the grocery stores, he said in a phone interview. The White House ordered the other attacks like this one highlight the vulnerabilities in our nation's food supply chain security, and they underscore the importance of diversifying the nation's meat processing capacity. We need to diversify a lot of our capacities around the world, including uh, ventilators, uh, N95 mm-hmm. masks, and uh, cows, apparently. But this stuff, these ransomware attacks, of course, the last guys just paid them all off, right? The electric grid people? Right. So they ended up paying, I think, like $90 million in Bitcoin eventually to get back online. So the, ever can... since then, there's been now an explosion of these attacks. I mean, like, there's a reason why the U.S. government uh, doesn't like people paying ransoms to terrorists for people, because then we end up with more Americans getting kidnapped, you know. And and so it's the same thing with these hackers. It's like once yep. they start getting paid, they do more of it. So the Bloomberg story continues. Hackers now have the commodities industry in their crosshairs with the JBS attack coming just three weeks after Colonial Pipeline Company, operator of the biggest U.S. gasoline pipeline. Uh, it also happened as the global meat industry battles lingering COVID-19 absenteeism after recovering from outbreaks last year that saw plants shut and supplies disrupted. There have been more than 40 publicly reported ransomware attacks against food companies since May 2020. That's freaking crazy. Um, JBS owns 20 facilities. Backup servers were not affected, and the company is working to restore systems as soon as possible, according to a statement that came out yesterday, yada, yada. Still, the shutdown is a big concern for exports as if it drags on, said Matt Diglish. Anyway, so this stuff is going to keep... This is a thriving industry that you can do from your house alone if you want to. Yeah, or from Russia with the uh, explicit or implicit backing of the Russian government to whatever extent. We're not sure, but you know, apparently the White House has now reached out to Russia about this issue that we seem to be having. And uh, I don't know what tools we have in our arsenal that biden is actually willing to use here to put pressure on the russians because we didn't seem to be interested in doing much of anything to uh you know free navalny or you know make stop putin from finishing his pipeline or anything else um you know we're having a bit of a problem because you know the people that came in claiming that they were going to be so tough on Russia compared to Trump, who was Putin's big buddy, have done absolutely nothing to be tough on Russia. So. Correct. Uh, did we talk about the Capitol, the Senate? We still haven't talked about the Capitol. Just briefly yeah. before we go, because I've got soft ball. Uh, my daughter's softball. Um, I've gone back and forth on this. The The Senate killed the idea of a, a uh, special study committee so to speak, um, on the Capitol attacks. So now it's probably Pelosi will do a, a House version of this alone. Um, and my feeling is that since we've, what we've seen, I feel like I've said this before, from what we've seen since 2016, I do not trust Congress to to uh, be the lead investigators in any of, any of these things. I don't trust Adam Schiff I don't trust Matt Gates. I don't trust Eric Swalwell. I think there are so many freaking dirtbags in Congress that I don't trust them whatsoever. I think that you've... Uh, they proved, you know, with the impeachment thing, with not exactly. coming witnesses. They had their... We their, saw uh, there what already. they consider to be an investigation yep. of this. And the fact that they're going in with this attitude just proves that they can't, you know... They, they can't be trusted with an investigation of what happened. I mean, we have the FBI investigating this stuff and looking into the Oath Keepers and all that stuff. Well, you know, we'll see from there what went on. I, I just, I don't think that that they're the right group of people to put together a commission. No, to they have not this. earned that trust. No, they they're opportunist and uh, unethical. Yeah, uh, into and this is, I just believe that it's another political. Mm-hmm. thing to not to find out the truth of what happened but to you know to use it as a cudgel to hit republicans over well, the head with again for another however forward long. has been mm-hmm. an effort to get rid of the filibuster 
right. for them to say everybody suddenly has the same talking points. Well, if we can't have a commission over attacking our very democracy, when can we have one? In other words, it's time to get rid of the filibuster and just right. you know, go all ahead full. Right. Yeah. Maybe sit and think for a minute and try and decide why you can't manage to get three-fifths of the Senate on board with whatever it is that you want to do that you're trying to tell us is so great. And, you know, maybe a little bit of self-reflection and thoughtfulness about what you did to get us here and what you can do to make this happen. I mean, they're going to squander. They have this, like, 50-50 majority, and they're going to squander it because it's not going to last through 2022. That's for sure. And it could end before that because... You just don't know what's going to happen. Somebody could retire or pass away. I mean, half the Senate's like 100 years old. Mm-hmm. So, it. I mean, you just don't know what's going to happen. And they may not have the 50-50 majority for very long. And they're going to squander it because they're going to waste all their time trying to pass stuff that is never going to pass. And, you know, trying to make it this political issue when they could be actually getting stuff done that people agree on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's a larger issue too. This idea mm-hmm. of trying to and and Biden has been the most radical president we've had in a hundred years, certainly. Right. And for them to use this, you know, you you use emergency measures and reshape the look and feel of the economy when you're in a depression or when the ship is uh, listing badly. This is an economy that is clawing to get back. It's clawing to hit its stride again. Right. You know, we've done whatever we can to depress that by, you know, because there's fully capable adults have become fat stimmy queens around the country. <laughs> and in this house. Right. Exactly. Um, and there's some other reasons, but no, this is a horse bleep. And Americans will see this and say, yeah, it was fun while it lasted, but uh, no thanks. Thank you so much, everybody. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod, Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast, Burn Barrel Podcast.com. You can also shoot us an email, Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com or on our YouTube channel, Top Shot X Burn Barrel. Uh, more details coming soon on Patreon, locals, and other ways that you can get in touch with us or support the show in the next couple weeks. We'll talk to you soon. Say la vie. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.